Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Okay, so today we're here with Dr. Craig Liebenson, founder of uh, L.A. Sports and Spine, as well as the author of Rehabilitation of the Spine and the Functional Training Handbook. He provides educational courses for trainers and rehab specialists in cities all over the world. And um, so we've got him here today. Welcome, Dr. Liebenson. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good Glad morning. to have you uh, here with the crew here. Hey, by the way, before we start, Craig, uh, I was wondering, why is it that someone as, as urban, sophisticated, well-traveled, and respected as you is hanging out with Marty Gallagher? Explain that oh one. God. Oh, my God. Come on now. I'm right here. I'm right here. It's like you're, you're talking about me, and I'm not even here. I mean, how, yeah, how did that happen? That is a great question. So, so we have a mutual, a couple mutual friends, Donald Berry, and uh, who's a chiropractor in Maryland, and Darius Gilbert, who's in Virginia and one of the best uh, kettlebell trainers in the country. So, uh, I always teach for Darius, and uh, we got to talking. I think Donald mentioned that uh, uh, that I should meet Marty, and I did what I'm, I sort of, I'm fond of doing, which is. I said, sure, and let's, let's give him the mic. And that sort of began a relationship because uh, having Marty um, go center stage for an hour or two with my group uh, has led to a, a really great, I think, um, ripple in the community that I influence. And people are loving hearing his unconventional takes, his, his somewhat unpopular takes, which he defends impeccably. And he's created a bunch of heretics as a result, and we're <laughs> loving it. What is it that irritates them the most, my friend? I think, I don't think it's what irritates us. I think you get people to challenge uh, some of the popular things that are out there. For instance, mm. um, there is uh, a fear of the butt link. Oh, I knew you were going to, I knew that was going to surface. And people have gotten uh, mesmerized uh, by, you know, some extremely bright people out there who've done a lot of research or have, um, you know, a wide audience uh, or maybe even are published. Um, and then people stop challenging uh, ideas. People assume that um, knowledge is something which is set in stone, um, like the Ten Commandments or something, uh, instead of realizing that we have to, to, to do kind of what we're learning with COVID, which is to update our priors. Uh, we're always growing, we're always learning, and we're learning from our mistakes, uh, most of all, and I've made all of them. So my whole, my whole first principles of movement um, culture uh, that, that we try to kind of embed and inculcate uh, is to keep an open mind for new ideas uh, that sometimes shows what we thought or believed before was wrong. And you, well, <clears throat> you presented such a powerful uh, argument for challenging some of the status quo ideas that we had just accepted. Well, you're either a, you're either a scientist or a fundamentalist. You know, you're, you're, you're either embracing and looking for new ideas to blow away your preconceptions because that's where progress lies or you're a fundamentalist and you want to defend an entrenched position 
I don't know that there's many scientists out there. People aren't that, <laughs> people are not comfortable. Uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're not secure enough. And so they, they stay in their comfort zone. Right. Um, right. And I think that you serve, uh, you were fantastic. And every time uh, I've been to Virginia or DC and you've joined me, um, it, it's been powerful. We'd really like to get you to come over to one of our training sessions one time <clears throat> when you're in DC because it's, uh, it's, it's what we do. We coach, we coach, we coach, we coach. We work with regular people. We work with regular people. You know, it's, uh, it's easy to get results for the elite. Oh. We do that. We do that too. You know, uh, that's, that's Jim, Jimmy's my right hand man when we work with the tier one military. Oh. Uh, so, I mean, but those guys are easy, <laughs> you know, it, get, get results for someone who's average or someone who's starting off in a hole. Right. That's where the real challenge lies. Right, Jimmy. Yeah, that's right. Somebody who has injured or somebody just can't get in the position they need to get into. And that's where you got to, Put on your thinking cap, you know. Why do you think that the average person, I, on the one hand, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but I'm just curious. Average people are so there's there's so much untapped potential, and there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> uh, so 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 do you think it's like you just said, Jimmy, that uh, it's hard sometimes because they're in a hole, or it's hard because. They, they can't get into certain positions. Is that, is that what makes it hard? For the average person? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, it's all just resetting things that they, they – or not even resetting, but putting them in positions that they've never been in, that they've never asked to be, to be in. Like, you know, uh, for instance, like the squat, somebody who's always been squatting right above parallel in order to, to get them to get – their depth and understand why they need to get their depth and understand where their the bar needs to be over the middle of your foot and, and how upright we want you to be and all that stuff. They've never heard any of that stuff. So like you were saying, um, you know, as far as having an open mind about things, a lot of these people have been taught the wrong way to do things and, and in order to open them up and in order to get them to accept what we're teaching them, it takes a little while. And then when they see it, I'm sure just like with what you do, or they see the results or they go, ah, they have that aha moment. And then you got them, and then you then you got them. You know where where you want them to be. I I I like how you framed it because at first it sounded like you were talking about mechanics, and then you segued to behavior and to beliefs. Yeah, and that sort of mirrors um, a lot of my own um, growth in the last I would say five or six years where. I used to think everything was mechanical yeah. and that yeah. I could like, Oh, I can see the body and I can see how it's working. I can see what's <clears throat> not working and I can go in like a fix it uh, guy and, yeah. and yeah. give them the corrective. And now I realize it's, it's what you said. A lot of people um, have a certain mindset that right. um, they shouldn't do something and oh. they should avoid something or they were told, Right. And then they begin to embody these fears, which influence their behavior. And there's maybe even fear or apprehension. And then, of course, now they can't do it. Right. You know what, Craig? I, we just had this conversation with uh, Ryan Chow uh, two weeks ago. And I explained to him what the doctor had told me about my knee. I have a torn meniscus. Uh -huh. And he said, do not go past parallel 
because that's where you bring the the meniscus into play and all that. And so I want, yeah, so I wanted to run that by Ryan and see what he said. And um, he said, look, there is a little bit of research there, but he said, you should always try to get full motion, bring it down. Well, anyway, I, and this is what Marty's been telling me for a while because he had this problem years ago. But I got Ryan on the video and he, it, we, I took him out back and I was doing some goblet squats and he's having me go down all the way, you know, like we do, we come down all the way in the goblet squat and we exhale at the bottom and bring it down even further. And that felt so good. And I haven't done that in so long because the doctor told me not to, but the squats feel, felt great. What going the down below parallel, just that, doing just it. So, me. yes. So I told you not to, so you didn't do it. You avoided. That's exactly right. You avoided. Avoiding is is the leads to to the opposite of adaptation. And now I'm feeling better. Adapt if you avoid. What's funny is exactly right. Calling that forever, and then when Ryan said it, JP tried it, and it was like, oh yeah. What did I, I, I what, did, what did I tell you, Jim? I said, "Oh, I've been telling him to do that for six months." Ryan comes on and tells him to do it, and he goes, "Oh, thank you, Ryan. That's brilliant." Well, yeah. you know what? Like I told you guys, I was only following doctor's orders, and I said, "Screw it." You know what? Ryan's going to spend a little bit of time with me. We got in the backyard, did the goblet squat, and it felt great. And, and that's telehealth. That wasn't even face to face. Right. Yeah. Telehealth. Yeah, absolutely. I took my phone out there. It worked great. So, um, but long story short, I mean, I'm going, I'm being very careful, you know, I'm kind of easing into it. I don't want to just dive in, but uh, now I'm going down all the way and being very careful, doing my warm ups, and just really trying to go that because in, in normal life, going to parallel isn't realistic you're cutting out half your movement, you know, as a human being only doing that. So it doesn't make sense. So now I've, I've adopted this again and going down all the way and way below parallel bottoming out again, like I used to do. And I feel better as long as I'm careful. That's, you know, I'm so glad we had that conversation with Ryan because, you know, thank God we had Ryan on. Thank God. Cause I would have never yeah. listened to just Marty. No way, baby. <laughs> Why? Sorry, I had to have a second opinion, some, can, some can backup I, can advice. I, can I loop back around to something Craig yeah, touched yeah. on? Uh, Craig, I think at some point you, you talked about you felt like uh, you became almost like a, I don't know, like a, a Ferrari mechanic or something, you know, but you just the mechanics of it, the mechanics of it. At some point to improve your art, you, we have to step outside the art, right? You know, you, 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 at some point you rearrange the contents of the box to a finite degree that there's no more combinations left. And then it's go, okay, well, what's the next move? And then, then the next move is you step outside of that discipline and bring in other disciplines. In our world, in order to improve strength, to go outside of that, we would go into nutrition, right? That's a fertile area to improve strength. We would go into uh, cardio, a fitter, leaner athlete, a better athlete, and we'd go into brain training because we believe that the psychological is critical. And the whole, the four-part, it's a, it's a four-part process. You have your resistance training, 
cardiovascular training, nutrition, and the psychological, the brain train, and all of it is under like a transformative fitness because ultimately we all want to transform ourselves from what we are into what we want to be, right? We want to be stronger. We have mental images. We want to live up to the mental images that we have of ourselves. And it's doable. You know, the roadmap's there. It's just a tough road to follow. I love that. Transform ourselves from what we are to to how we see ourselves, to what we want to do. And, and I think <laughs> you, you, you see something in how, how I'm talking about my own development and how I have kind of transitioned from, from the biomechanical to more connecting with people. And I, I think a coach has to connect before they can coach. And if I don't hear a person's story, if I don't learn about a person's biography, um, it doesn't matter what I know about biomechanics. And this yeah. is one of the things I love about Stu, about Professor McGill, who, who, who you know quite well also, um, is he emphasizes taking a long history. And, and that's something I learned from, from one of my mentors from Prague, uh, Dr. Carol Levitt. He would sit at his typewriter. I went over there after the Berlin Wall fell in 1990 and saw him... Uh, work with 50 patients in Prague and he would sit there at the typewriter and, and he wanted to learn everything about the person's past. Did they fall on their butt when they were six playing hockey? What other areas have they had pain in? What, what were the things that were the triggers, the activity intolerances for their current pain? What were their goals? What sports they used to do? It, it was an exhaustive, exhaustive process of trying to get to know the person and like you say how they see themselves and then how existentially now they see themselves like 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 jimmy uh in your situation where they see themselves now as having to protect and guard right. and avoid and then right. you embody this new self-image now you have no adaptation i mean your first pillar is resistance training i'm assuming or the other other three and if you can't challenge yourself at your edge then there's, 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 no, no, adaptation. there's, no, there's no adaptation okay can we just get over that people they don't want they don't want to accept that they don't want to accept that unless you work up to the lip the cusp yeah of your capacity what where's the physiological incentive Right, we're gonna oh, we're gonna dramatically change in response to what ease and sameness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that usually doesn't work, does it? I, I right. wish it would. That'd be fabulous. I'd yeah. love yeah. that. Yeah. Next time I see you, then we're gonna avoid sameness. <laughs> we're gonna go insane together. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I mean, these are just the ABCs. But then, at some point, we we look at it like this: of so the five biomotor attributes, strength, speed endurance, flexibility, agility. Strength is the king. Strength is the, is the Mac Daddy because there's no speed without strength. So it bleeds over, right? The other, the other biomotor attributes are sort of self-standing, but strength is the, 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 the prima one. What's and the we, fifth one? Suppleness? Or did no, I miss it? 
No, uh, strength, strength speed, speed, flexibility, it, agility, endurance, endu no, endurance. The first, they have to be done in this order. It has to be strength, speed, endurance, flexibility, agility. Got it. Right. Right. So of those, strength is the boss because you can't be fast, sprint fast, unless you're strong. Okay. So that's why it makes strength the preeminent biomotor attribute and we have to and when you think in strength we think you've got to think in, in terms that there are three separate and distinct types of strength you've got your absolute strength which is epitomized by your powerlifting, maximum payload short distances no regard for velocity who cares how fast you do it then you have explosive strength which would be the middle olympic lifting uh moderate payload maximum velocity large range of motion, right? And then on the far right of the strength graph, you have strength endurance or uh, what you uh, sustain strength. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that's, uh, that's an injecting uh, an element of muscular exertion into a cardio format, like an MMA fighter shouldering a heavy bag and running up a hill, a hundred pound heavy bag, run up a hill, right? That's sustained strength, right? So, but you have to, in, in the strength world, you have to pay homage to all three types, right? That's your balance within the strength world. And it's equally subtle in the cardio world. It's equally subtle in the nutritional world. And it's super subtle in the psychological world, right, Jim? Yeah. God almighty, tell us about it. So, so Marty, whatever happened to absolute, uh, I have to watch my, my mouth now, absolute effing strength. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, whatever we, happened we, to it? Like we in, still in got baseball, it in my neighborhood. Baseball, a pitcher <laughs> is afraid of the number one tool, the number one weapon for building absolute strength in the upper body, which is the bench press. Well, I, I can't. They manage themselves away from the load. Yeah, I don't know. Under I the can't. presumption that, that, that to do otherwise is to have like meathead Mondays where everybody does bench press Monday. Yeah. And, and guys it, it, are going to go, go into a position where the labrum is, it, is vulnerable. And, and they, 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 they won't hang from monkey bars. They yeah. won't do rings. They're managed away from load as if they're, they're, they're fragile. Craig, I'm going to hand the ball off to Jim. Jim was the head strength and conditioning coach at Penn for 20 effing years. How many sports, Jimmy? 32? 33, yeah. Yeah, 33. So, Jimmy, run with the football, baby. Well, I think a lot of times it's a cultural thing in, within the sport. Um, in baseball, things are passed down that are uh, myths and misconceptions. And they, these old-timers, you know, they scare these kids. They're like, oh, man, if you do that exercise, you'll never be able to throw again. You'll get Tommy John. You'll get this. You'll get that. Your body doesn't know the sport, man. Your body just, you know, we just want you to get as strong as possible in the safest way possible. Now, this exercise will do that for you. Now you work on your skill. But there's a lot of these old myths that, that'll say, I mean, when I first started at Penn, the head baseball coach that was there then was like, I don't want my kids lifting at all. Now that's an uphill battle, <laughs> you know, just to get them into, uh, you know, to do a few squats. And, th and that was a huge deal if I could get them in for 20 minutes just to show them how to squat. And then what happened was then the kids say, hey, coach, man, this is really – look at my velocity. You know, this is improving. This is improving. And then you sort of get the, the next generation, the next generation of coaches that come in who have trained, right? They've trained and they've done that stuff. So now the big thing is 
okay, we're going to squat and deadlift. So now, now the baseball players want to squat and deadlift, but you're still fighting the upper head, the uh, uphill battle with overhead presses, with bench presses, with the upper body thing is a big deal still. Yeah. It's, it's a you know, Jimmy, you know what I'd like? I'd like to catch that, that kid at age 12. Yeah. Right. Started. Right. Yeah. Start catch him on the front end yeah. of a baseball career and just, just even him out, strengthen him up and let him go, you know? And, and I'm training a 12 year old kid. I started him at 11 and he was a decent player. Now he's crushing the ball. And his dad is calling me all the time. When, when are you going in again? When are you going in again? <laughs> there uh, 7.15 this morning, this kid was training. Yeah. And he did all the stuff that I tell him to do. Never Because he knows it works. The first, the first couple weeks, you could see the trepidation. Like, ah, I don't know, you know. And then he starts to see that he, the ball's going further. He's throwing further. He's, he's throwing harder. And then he, they're believers, man. He just, Craig, they just have to get in there and get a bit of a chance, you know. He's I love how we were circling back to, to mindset and belief and, and, and like what, what we were talking about with the meniscus and I was told not to go below parallel. Right. And, and, and when I was saying the first time I met Marty and he comes in and he has us butt winking and he has <laughs> us going below parallel with our squat. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm, and, and I'm opens up. And so baseball is Craig, Craig, I'm Craig, let me interrupt. I'm also having you guys relax doing resistance training, which is super sacrilegious. Oh, you never lose your tension in resistance training. You go, Oh no, you do. Purpose. Right, Marty, because at the, at the bottom of the squat, I mean, you're coming down and then having us exhale, get all the air out, drain everything. I don't want to get off. I, don't, I want Craig to continue, but I'm just saying that that is like the other point that everyone was like, yeah. they all get, there were certain points when I talked to them that everybody like gasped. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, 100%. like that, right? And I'm like, uh, well, you know, I'm just sort of a guy from the country who works out at the barn and I don't really <laughs> even know you people, you know, I don't even know why I'm here. Well, you know, just I- Telling I would... you guys what we do and then, and Darius, and Darius is like, Marty, I love you. <laughs> I love you, Marty. It's like, I love you too, Darius. Well, what, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was in the NBA for a few years, and that's a whole nother culture. We're, we're uh. baseball historically, where a, a basketball player is basically a gym rat, and, and nobody wanted to lift weights. Right. So I think baseball and hockey players, they're grinders now. Um, it's just the, the pitchers are afraid of, of overhead and bench press. Um, and that, that comes not only in a sport like baseball where you're worried about a Tommy John or, or a shoulder or a rotator cuff, but in physical therapy, this is ubiquitous. Um, people are told that have shoulder problems to avoid any overhead lifting at all. Well, you know, maybe that's, that's I don't know, uh, because if, if you do thousands of reps with one of your arms, throwing an object as hard as you can, well, maybe you need special care and attention that I don't have any real, I, you know, man, that's a, that's a whole different deal. I disagree. I think they need exactly you, You're you in said, that world. What you said you before, are in Marty. that world. You are in that and, world. And what Jimmy you said, you, Jimmy, you said you got to go gradual. Yeah. But it, but it needs you to be. You got to go gradual. Gradual but it, it, it needs strengthening, what you're saying. It needs well, strengthening. Well, gradual and find your edge. Whatever your 
uh, sorry, whatever your effing edge is, yeah. this guy's got me passionate now, whatever, whatever your effing edge is, yeah. like if, if you want to get from A to B, like you said, Marty, from, from, from where you are mm-hmm. to how you see yourself being, yes. you know, this is, this is, this is uh, like a spiritual thing. It's, it's how yes. you perceive yourself, who you are. Who and, you want to become. And who you want to become, how you want to transform yourself at any age. If you're 60, the goal should be to become 50. Uh, so I, so if yeah, you're 90, the goal is to avoid a nursing home. If you're 75, it's to avoid a fall. If easy, you're 50, easy, easy buddy. You're getting, you're getting close. You're getting close. It's, right. It's, it's cool. But it's always changing through life. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But you know what? Regardless, regardless of whatever stage you're at, you, your duty is to work up to your capacity in some manner or fashion. And on some days, that capacity is going to be enhanced. On other days, it's going to be diminished. It doesn't matter. Whatever the capacity is, work up to it. Okay? And what does that mean? In resistance training, Jim, we know this. All that means is that you complete a rep and you know that you don't have another one in you. If you do a set, regardless the exercise, regardless the rep number of reps selected, let's say it's five reps and you're doing what the whatever, the squat. Uh, You're doing the ultra deep uh goblet squat and you're trying to set a new personal record because last week you did uh, uh 40 kilo for four and this week you're going to try to do a 40 kilo for five so you take it and you make five but you know you don't have there's no way you could do six boom spike the ball touchdown you have done enough to trip the hypertrophy switch brother I love that. You know, that's you all we do. That's idea. all we do. That's it. That's all we do. And then you move on to another exercise. We don't flog the muscle over and over and over. Because if you're able to flog it over and over and over, you ain't given 102% on set number one. If you do five times five or eight times three or whatever the hell they do, then you're holding back in order to get across the finish line. That ain't what we're about. That's not what, I mean, I'm 60 years into this strategy and what we do is we work up to one all out set, we move on and you make your number each yeah. week, each week. And well, I love uh, that about you, Marty, the once yeah. a week. So, so to get That's adaptation, it. something I never learned in, in the rehab space was that, that it has to be a recoverable stress. So the okay. adaptation is not only from the stimulus near the edge, of your envelope, but it also is, is the stimulus that's followed by, by, by appropriate recovery. We have to have the rested effort. Strength training is about the rested effort. If you, there is no, there is that Craig, there is no sense generating 102% effort when you're 86% recovery. Or not ready in the beginning. No, you're listen again. There's no rested effort. There's no sense in generating 102% effort when you're 86% recovered. What, the only thing that matters is generating 102% effort when we're 100% recovered. Damn, Boom. I love that's that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's everything, that. I, that's we, ev- that's everything right I've learned. In, yeah, that? that's, a, that's everything I've learned in 50 years. That's we, it. we don't have to go as long as Ryan did. I think, I think we're done. <laughs> that was it, Marty. <laughs> The, the rested effort. Is that the name of the next book? <laughs> no, people don't buy books anymore. Well, the, the next <laughs> Martyism, the rested effort. 
Yeah. But Marty, Marty, you talk about a um, who was it? Ben Ben Johnson's uh, sprinting coach. That uh, oh yeah, Charlie Francis. Charlie yeah, he could just look at his runners and say, oh, "Nope, you're not ready. Take off. Come Craig, back tomorrow." Uh, Craig, I'm actually rereading his book for like the fifth time. He the 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 conclusions that he came to about speed so mirrored the conclusions we came to about strength. It's just like every time he came to a conclusion about, uh, well, the uh, Eastern Europeans pointed out to me that they were giving their athletes off 10 days before their last 100% workout and a, a big meet. And I was like, oh, that's what Mark Chalet was telling us to do back in 1982. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And back in, yeah. I mean, Craig, I trained with a guy who would work up to a single repetition in the squat and the bench press on Monday. He would work up to a single repetition on the deadlift on Thursday. And this guy became a world champion and a world record holder. And he didn't do nothing else. And he was massive. Uh, he looked like he was incredible physique, incredible yeah. build. He, he deadlifted 880, weighing 265 pounds. Okay. He squatted 1,000, weighing two, 280. Uh, and uh, he taught me that ultra minimalism. It's like, how much less could a guy do other than not train? <laughs> you can't do less than he was doing. Yeah, yeah he worked up to a single. But it was all periodized. It was all very systematic. We periodize everything. When we talk about we have those goals, once we have that goal, Craig, our whole deal is we reverse engineer from the ultimate goal to where we're at, and then we break the goal down into incremental weekly bites. We eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. Yes. So, Marty, I have a question. Yes, sir. I'm talking to you. Once much. a week is for absolute strength? Yep. And then the rest of the week, are you working on the other attributes? Nope. They're like all when do you do like, the cardio? Oh, well, that's up to them. I mean, you know, you get up early in the morning before work and do cardio. This, this whole strategy was really a result of um, necessity being the mother of invention. These are all country people who are like working at the the 7-Eleven or the Walmart or the auto mechanics, you know what I mean? The, or the construction workers and, the, and they have, they have no, and they have families and stuff. And during the week they have zero time. Well, we need that now more than ever because, because half of the world's population is sedentary. So well, we, we would figure we out just a way to get her, them. And by we, saying you can get more from less, yeah. Oh, by only money. investing. Give me one day a week, folks. <laughs> get the most you know, like the church of strength. Like, like, yeah. give me, give me a, a, a metaphorical Sunday. Jesus to said, push, give push me push. one hour a week. We say the same thing. You know, and that's, that's part of the success behind this is the all church these. Of uh, strength. I love this. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, you, if you notice on these as seen on TV products, all these uh, bogus gimmicks, you know, for fitness, that's, that's one of the things that they always push is, well, it takes you five minutes, you know, a month and uh, you'll look like this. Well, to that crowd, if you can transition them, like you're saying, Craig, uh, to something that actually works, like barbell training, resistance training, with the bench, the deadlift, the, the squat. Well, they got to start a lot easier than that if they're I mean, you know, we need a marty infomercial 
Yeah, we do. When, you, <laughs> when you're talking about getting somebody to that point, um, I think that's where the mental aspect comes in um, about trust. So my big thing when I was coaching at the university level was you'd have the kids, you know, they're sort of into it. But, you know, I was always so into it when I first started coaching. I never understood why lifting wasn't the, hot, the highlight of their days. But you got certain kids who are like, man, you know, I just want to play or, you know, this, how important is this? And then you sort of get them going and you get them a couple good sets and they start to see the results a little bit. And then you find um, what really makes that kid tick, you know, and it took me a long oh. time to realize that some kids get after it when you slap them on the back. Some kids get after it when you whisper in their ear, hey, man, you can do this. I, I'm, I wouldn't put this weight on the bar if I didn't know you could do this. You know, you got to know that kind of thing. Yeah, then, you, know your, you know your people. You know your people. Yeah, you, it, and it takes a while. It takes a little. But once they shit. It's called coaching. And, and you have to explain. And we talk about this all the time. You know, you talk about that one set. And you talk about that maximum effort. They don't understand how it's supposed to feel. You'll have a kid put the bar back. Oh, man, I, in the bottom, it felt like my head was going to explode. It felt like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. so You know, we, 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 my big thing when I told my staff all the time, tell them to embrace being uncomfortable. Yep. Because nothing in the weight room is comfortable. And even a curl, man, you do a set of 12 with an all-out weight. That's yeah. Not Shouldn't the be. Results, the results are so great. You know, it's the results that we're after. So you got to uh. tell them, hey. There's nothing comfortable in here. This is how you're supposed to feel. The bar's going to feel like crap on your back. You know, all this, you know, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be pushing down on you. Then they start to welcome that when they know that it brings those results that they're getting. Yeah. They I, mentally I love calibrate Mar themselves, yeah. I love, Marty, when you're at my courses with the Gen Pop trainers and the clinicians, and you're encouraging them to get, to get deep, <laughs> and to embrace the discomfort. I mean, to me, those are the highlights. <laughs> well, I, again, is it sacrilegious in your world? Um, people, clinicians are walking and talking nocebos yeah. in that they are, they are making people feel less capable than they are. <clears throat> our words, our, our, our constructs, our heuristics, um, are about pathology yeah. and labels, not about potential. Yeah, you have a much broader. And the Gen Pop trainers world. are chasing the clinicians, becoming yeah. like Pavel Satsalin has has said. You've got you've got people going in gyms, doing endless correctives and foam rolling, and by the time they're done, can uh, scanning their carcass for every ache and pain, they have no will left to get strong. Yeah. I mean, to me, the, these are. The, the, these are the messages that aren't getting out there. <laughs> You're so right on that too. It's, it's, you know, I would do things just so I couldn't get blamed for kids getting hurt when I knew, you know, like specific warm ups and okay, we got to do this. We got to do that. Hell, they're already warm. They're already warm. <laughs> you know, I mean, how long do you need to get warm now? Now do the exercise with a lightweight and start working up like we've done for 50 years. You know what I mean? Get your body ready. For the gear. You know, uh, but, you know, in order to say, oh, Steele didn't get him hurt, Steele got him hurt, or this is, you know, hamstring pull is his fault or whatever. I said, okay, we're going to do this and this. And, you know, then if a kid really asked me, coach, what's this do? Nothing. I just don't want to get blamed for if you get hurt. Now go. Right. Right. Insurance. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, I saw when I was in the NBA, our strength coach is basically a babysitter. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Rep That's counter and a friend, paid friend. Oh, and they've changed the weights rep for counter. Own weights. <laughs> rep <laughs> counter. Nothing worse than a rep counter. Yeah, and a paid, a paid buddy. Hey, you look great. Hey, wow, what's up? And you know what's funny? The players, the athletes don't respect that. No, of course not. You know who they, res- you know who they respect? Mike Davis. Mm. Right, so the Mike with the, the Oklahoma Thunder, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, Mike, yeah. Here's Mike's best line. You'll love this. You guys will love it. So the Thunder come into Penn, and they're working out. and uh, At Mike, Penn? Yeah, at Penn. And because uh, they know they come there. Craig, hey, Craig, Craig, when Jimmy was at Penn, he had, what, a $23 million facility that you ran? What was it? 21 and, and 31 and all this stuff. And uh, so he brings the Thunder in because he knows nobody's going to bother him there. And so my assistant says to Mike, hey, Mike, how often do, do these guys lift weights? <laughs> Mike, who, who dumbbell benches like 180s for reps, looks at him and goes, you mean what, what uh, we do as call lifting weights or what they call lifting weights? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Mike Davis did – he had – you guys saw that video of Mike Davis uh, pressing 150-pound dumbbells on a resistance ball, right? Oh, uh, it's praying that – Thing didn't explode, man. I'll tell you. Oh my that. god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm wincing the whole way through, just waiting for it. Uh, oh man! I tell you what, his and his hand strength is such. If he ever lays hands on you, uh, it is a painful experience, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Whew, it's rough. Uh, Craig, what do you see is the most common ailment amongst you know regular regular even the fitness minded, what is it? Um, is it being hung, hunched over a computer all day, inactivity? What is it? What's the what's the main malady? Yeah. The, the, so you're not asking about the number one complaint. You're asking about the source. As you as the as the observer, you know better than that. What do you say? Slouching. I don't think slouching is a problem. Okay. I don't think, I think it's lack of movement. Right, yeah, lack of movement. So the standing desk is a bit of a myth. Um, really? Tell me, tell me why. Tell me, tell me. Well, it, sitting isn't the enemy. Um, okay. The enemy is lack of movement. We're designed to move. Humans are, are what epitomizes a human is willed action. And yeah, so the ape good. could only walk about, uh, you know, two or three miles a day and about, 10 million years ago, you had global cooling and there wasn't enough available food sources. So we needed to adapt. So we're back to what we started with today. Yeah, but we also migrated with the herds back then. Well, there was a need to adapt in, in yeah. order to cover more so, ground to find available food sources. There was not enough fruit in the trees. Yeah. So we had to become uh, better at locomotion. We had to move from waddlers, like a drunken sailor, uh, to unipedal hominoids, um, and then we were able to use propulsion to cover seven, eight, nine miles a day, which was what was required to actually feed our tribe, our clan. And, and you know that the main attribute that humans had over those gigantic woolly mam- mammoths is endurance. They could just run them down, run them down, you know, get a herd of humans with a bunch of spears, and they would just run the animal, which individually the animal would rip apart individual humans but they would just wear them out 
You know, another that, part of it that dovetails with that, Marty, is our thermoregulation. So yes. the fact that we don't have a snout, that we've got sweat glands, yep. we, could, we, could we could give our scent to a predator and they would sort of, like a lion would, would start to meander after us, but we would do that in the midday sun. And once they were out from under the shady tree, um, like you said, uh, they'd start panting. Look at your dog. Your dog yeah. pants. Yeah. You don't pant unless you're sprinting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and that was, uh, there were 800,000 years before the advent of agriculture. Everything changed when humans started growing crops, particularly grains. All of a sudden, we were able to run on fuel we weren't designed to run on. And you didn't have to move as much. No, you could stay in one place. All of a sudden, you, you didn't have to. Yeah, you could stay in one place, right? Yep, and, and population exploded, right? But it wasn't better. We're, and not, had, we're not healthier. I think in right, sapiens, that's described we had, well in sapiens. But we had, but, but, but we had, we had booze. <laughs> we're not healthier, and then we're stuck with it. Because now we have so many people, we couldn't go back to being wanderers. Yes. No, 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 no. But, we, but that's why we weight train, that's why we cardio, we artificially are attempting to replicate right. those ancient stresses that uh, we no longer have to. That's why absolute strength is like, you got to blank and get it. And Marty, <clears throat> that's what we talk about all the time. What's the, where's the best place to work out? Where's the best place? Outside. Oh, absolutely, There's man. primal need for us to be out. Especially now with the pandemic. Oh, yeah, I've been outside. doing it since March. So, so let me go back to that question. I think that's a powerful question. Like, you know, what is the number one reason behind, you know, musculoskeletal disability? Um, I say that it's a lack of movement is a big part of it, but uh, there's a few other aspects. You, you mentioned the diet. We, we eat too much and we move too little. Yeah. So, so yeah. moving too little is half of it, but we eat too much. It's a double whammy. And yeah. not only eat too much, but it's our choices. It's the ultra-processed yeah. foods. Um, yeah. Any, anything, that, anything that spikes... There's other factors, but those are the two big ones. Uh, and stress. There, yeah. there's, the, there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Yep. And it both Have you heard of snaps, Marty? Uh, I don't think so. What is that? So I, live, I live in the country. So snaps is smoking, uh, which is a killer, obviously. Um, nutrition and diet and obesity. So the N is nutrition. nutrition. A okay. is alcohol, either none or too much. Uh -huh. The P is physical activity, which we've discussed. And then the S would be stress, sleep. And, and the third S is lack of social activity, social participation. Huh. Uh, yeah, isolation. Isolation. Right. Community <clears throat> is, is, is crucial to healthy aging, to healthy longevity. To, to, the body's built to last, not built to break. So to be a blue zoner, is to, to, be, to be 102, 103, and, and to be as healthy as the average 77-year-old, that, that's in your graph. You can influence your biological age by up to 19 years one way or the other. Wow. So a 75-year-old could be 55 and a 55-year-old could be 75. So, so one 75-year-old could be 95 and another 75-year-old could be 55. 
at Harvard, they now say the number of candles you blow out should be your biological, not your chronological age. If I might, I turned 70 in April. Mm -hmm. And I, with a cold eye, looked at myself. I think my strength was about the same as when I was 16. Uh, I'm still able to sprint, which I do two to three times a week. And my function is, is extremely high. Uh, my, yeah, and my strength level when I was 16, <clears throat> I, was, um, I was a teenage champion at that age. I mean, it wasn't like some kid who was just doing a couple of, you know, 40-pound curls in the basement. I was clean and jerking, you know, 250, right? And so now at my age, as you have noted, the game is retention, right? I'm on the downside of the bell curve, brother. <laughs> but so now it's like, all right, at 70, I'm retaining about the same function I had at age 16. Now at 80, what if I'm able to retain what I had at 14? That'd be a good goal. Right? Well, Marty, I think see, Marty, I think the biggest thing about you, too, is that, you know, we always talk about this. You had the correct coaching from the age of, what, 13 or 14. You're totally mobile now. You know, you, uh, you don't have any back issues or anything. Nope. So, I mean, you're in good yep. shape, even though you uh, practice isolation, uh, which Craig says you're not supposed to do. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, but I have oh, stayed. You're around a society of horses now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. I have the consolation of Stacy. I'm not totalized here, but but. Ah, <laughs> hey, Craig, I didn't know if I liked that way. That you know, it's funny, Craig. Now that now that now that you snicker like that, every time you meet, sorry. Great to see you. You look great, and I'm like, hey. Hello, hello. What? You lose him. I'm here. Hey, hey Marty. I lost you guys for a minute. Thirty years. <clears throat> Marty, I think you were cutting out a little bit. You're getting too excited over there. The heat is just no, flaming no. off of your body, cutting the signal out. I haven't done a thing. I'm just sitting here from the same distance from the mic I was before. I think it's You're Craig. Good You're good now. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We got you. So I have a question, Marty. Another question. Um, sure. You're about to be 70. No, I am 70, but You're 70. All right. Yep. But, but do you feel like, um, do you feel like you are as you should be? Or do you feel like, um, uh, your your um do you feel like 50 year olds are old for their age right now and you are as you should be i feel guilty i feel like i should be feel worse than i do why do you feel uh, guilty you're an example i'll be a little bit facetious craig i sleep like a baby Thank I, I train my ass off. I, li I live in beautiful rural isolation in a beautiful setting. I get out and I do cardio at dawn in the woods. I train outside when I lift. I eat. I'm a good cook. Uh, we eat natural organic foods here. It's just myself and Stacy. Periodically, we have some people come and visit. <clears throat> right, right, Jim? 
That's right. That's yeah, we, it's like a strength bed and breakfast up here, but it's very. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a writer's environment. I mean, you know, I'm a full time professional writer and have been for 35 years. So, you know, I need that quietude, and that's why we moved to this this rural location. Uh, many many years ago, we were we lived inside the Beltway before we we came up here. I live right at the foot of the Catoctin Mountains. I look out my front window and I see the mountain that Camp David is on, the presidential retreat. Mm, mm. So, but it's, I guess uh, I guess my question is: um, Are you are you in some in some way? Um, representative of something that's not normal or are you as you should as as you should be and as others can be and are oh no 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 i no yeah no no year olds abnormally old no no i am no genetic i am no genetic freak i was just a normal guy thank you uh you know i i was an athletic kid I was always a lean kid who had to fight to get muscle mass, but there was nothing. Uh, I wasn't going to play in the NFL or the NBA. I was a good, a good ball player, and I was a good, good weightlifter, but I was never in a, I was a, a physiological overachiever. So what you've done, others can do. Yes, absolutely. So and it, th the reason why I'm asking is because there's this idea that uh, that people that are 50 years old and overweight and and underactive and suffering musculoskeletal maladies and have hypertension and diabetes and all this that this is normal. That's that just people the way are getting joint is. replacements well, at it, 50. It, it might be. I think that yeah. they're old young. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, but they've just given up. They they they, they are not. They, these are not the type of. Uh, individuals uh, psychologically that are going to embrace this idea of uh, going to the cusp of your capacities, right? I mean, they're like, nah, I think we'll just watch some Netflix. This is tragic. Well, yeah, but we can't save everybody, Craig. But we can't save the motivated. The, we can help the motivated. I'm sorry, Jim, I didn't mean to. No, that's all right. I, I, I see it at, at Little League stuff where my kids go, and I'm like, man, that guy looks awful, and he's 10 years younger than me and I'm just you know it's very tough when when lifting and fitness has been a part of your life you know since you're in, in you know middle school or whatever to understand why all of a sudden people stop and, and then you get the excuses ah you know I'm old for this or ah, I got to get back I don't in. have time I don't have I, time. I always I say have a bad me I say here we go we're gonna put the bar on your back put your body weight on the bar squat it as many times as you can and leave there you go. Two minutes. Your, your workout's over. You know what I mean? Right. Always. I, it's like the eating thing, you know, you were talking about. I had a client one time. She's like, well, I broke my diet. I went to Florida and I broke. I'm like, so I hate it when I get off a plane and there's people there with donuts and they're stuffing them in my face because I'm on vacation. Because you know? <laughs> I don't have a choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. How much of it is... Um, individual responsibility and how much is a social determinant because i think we we now appreciate that um that our society and our culture um has a big influence on on our choices it, at the end of the day we have free will um but 
there are so many bad examples out there. Oh my yeah, God. And yeah. like you said, all of the hypey trendy things that don't work that are advertised because they go, Oh, you can, you know, get all these results in minimal time from using this gadget. And the reality is, is you got to get a little uncomfortable and, right, and nobody's crap. got the spirit that JFK gave oh, people man. when he started the president's council on physical fitness. Yeah. Wait a minute, man. He also recommended the 50 mile walk. I didn't like that. <laughs> I was around it's, back then, man. I didn't want to walk. 50 but it's, miles. Um, it's, it's funny. And, and I can relate to what Jim said because I've got kids and I noticed, you know, I've, I've like you guys, I go way back with weightlifting. I started when I was about 14. So it's, I, I noticed a complacency once people had got married, had kids, the kids started going through the school system. And it seemed like every year people would get, you know, my friends, uh, you know, to the other kids that, uh, that were friends with my kids, they would become just softer and softer every year. And I'm like, you know, still busting ass, whatever, whatever age, you know, I'm still trying to be the best version of myself that I can. Well, I was always, Yes, yes. And, and I was blown away that nobody else wanted that that was around me. Yes. There was just that complacency that said to, you know, color what you guys are saying. It's like, okay, I'm 50 now. I can't do that. I'm not supposed to do that. This is just how it is. And they kind of give up mentally on being in shape, feeling better. Well, I'm on medication now. You know, I've got high blood pressure, whatever. That's just how it is. That's my genetics. That's how it's oh, going to be. Oh God, this is this is this is horrible, because this is what we started talking about today. With, with, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, we got to get back on a more people, positive. <laughs> doctors telling people you've got a bad knee. This, this don't yes. do this. All the don't do messages. Yeah. Instead yes. of let's gradually slow cook this this thing, and and you can bring it back. You can grow new cartilage. You, you, you're, you're not bone on bone. I'd say we tell people they're bone on bone when they're not. We don't tell them you can grow new cartilage. We tell people they have a herniated disc and they assume that's the cause of their pain when we don't tell them that half of the population has a herniated disc and has no pain, nor right. do we tell people that the herniated disc, if it is causing the pain, can reabsorb. Right. Well. Craig, I want to ask you, why is there still such a disconnect between the medical and PT communities when it comes to musculoskeletal pain? Is it getting better over time? Are they coming together a little bit more on their thought processes and, and I don't ways think, to deal I don't think with so. the pain? I think they're both co-conspirators in managing people away from, yeah. from, from, from steady, slow-cooked load. The PT, the Cairo... We're, we're basically all having people tabletop doing passive things, or if we're doing exercise, it's, it's, it's light bands, light dumbbells. You right. see women, culturally women are thinking that they shouldn't lift more than five or eight pound weights. No, because they're getting uh, injured. They're women are told they have a spondylolisthesis in their spine. Yes. And they're afraid of doing a squat because when they feel discomfort in their back, um, they feel the hurt equals harm and they're doing damage. These are all the nocebos, the opposite of placebos. They, they, people embody these messages, these words have meaning, and then people have fear avoidance beliefs and behaviors, and they get old young. It's uh, yes, and you know what? I've got old young. 
I've got some I've got some back issues that I talked about before, but my back and then he was a surgeon, a back surgeon. This was probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago or something. And you know, the guy obviously knew I was a weightlifter and Oh man, get to the point. This is this is the second this is the second time you've gotten some sort of an expert analysis. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You but know he what said you did, you, he, he, he slipped four in on Ryan Chow. He, he said, but this is the point. He said, are you still going to continue to lift weights? And I said, absolutely, but I'm going to do it differently. And he just shook his head like I was supposed to stop. I think oh he wanted God. me to stop. Yeah, oh but my he, God. But, but he had, he had a story about a patient that I see. Now, wait, real quick. The, 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 now, real quick now. Wait, wait, just one second. JP, the guy who told you that had a 42-inch waist and was smoking a Marlboro. Thank you. <laughs> even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't, I have a 91-year-old patient right now, okay? He is, uh, he is a, you know, a former, you know, corporate titan and great lawyer, great yeah. humanitarian. Yeah. And when he was about active, active 45, mind. he used to be a runner. And when he was 45, he had a knee replacement. And the surgeon told him, the worst thing he could have ever told another human being. He told him, if you don't stop running, I'm going to have to repair your other knee. Yeah, of course. And that was the worst single piece of advice this man could have ever been given. So what happened? What was the, the tragic after effect? Did he steady decline? Quit, quit running? Did he quit running altogether? Yeah, steady decline. Oh, okay, okay. So he he ignored ignored that advice and triumphed. Accelerated aging. Cool. Good for him. Great. Good. But I mean, when you think about it, when the average when the, when the average American gets that advice, like I did, you go, well, that kind of makes sense. Maybe I shouldn't deadlift anymore and just kind of rest the you know the uh the discs in my back and be careful not to make it rest you know uh don't load the spine that's what we talked about with ryan and he said no because i asked him i said am i to load the spine or not because i've got three herniated discs and he oh, said, okay yes. another yeah okay but you do it within your um you know within your limitations you'd be very careful and listen to your body so I don't believe in limitations. Right. I, I think there's where you are right now. I think it's within your baseline, your current baseline. And, right. and there are no right. limitations. Because right, if right. you challenge your edge like Marty teaches, then, then these things are, are, are dissolved. Yeah. But why yeah. are doctors not trying uh, to get uh, into uh, this uh, yeah, we, JP, could you mind if I... Yeah, go, yes, go ahead. Quick. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy, did you have any uh, things to say about well, Craig? Well, we like to think that doctors and surgeons are all in the up and up and, and have our own interest, best interest in heart. But I've, I had a friend who was a surgeon who actually is over in Dubai now because he couldn't take it here because they were getting on him because he didn't perform enough surgeries. Oh, You'd go in him right. to see him with a blown disc and he would say, well, you can have the surgery, but if you just wait a while, it'll heal itself. So it well, comes down I, to money. Uh, uh, can, whoa, 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 whoa. Can, yeah. can I get a word in here, JP? Uh, yes, it, please. It, <laughs> Stu, <laughs> okay, Stu McGill 
once told me, he said, you know, Marty, and, and uh, he might have said this in, to a wider audience, Craig, I don't know. But I, it struck me, it stuck with me. He said, you know, uh, Marty, in most cases, if somebody has the back surgery, if they would just do the prescribed remedial rest period and skip the back surgery, in most cases, they do great. Did we lose Craig? I'm here. I'm listening. Oh. Taking it in. He's uh, I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, sometimes you need to rest for a brief moment. And Did you, you agree with that, or do you not? That you Did talked you... about Marty. Well, yeah. Uh, and then you... start to reload. Uh, in strength training, there's no sense uh, trying to to do a, a a good effort if you're fatigued, if you're feeling beat up. It just just push it off for 24, 48 hours. It's okay. You'll come back stronger. The worst thing you can do is engage in a serious, hardcore strength training session when you're fatigued because that is invariably with the technique breaks down and the injuries sneak in. Right, Jim? Yeah. And I, it I, never I, works out. And when you're starting off, that's why you need a good, good coach to give. Uh, the military – the military guys, we yeah, we had to talk all the the tier one military guys. They're like so regimented. It's like, well, it's Tuesday, and we and it's like, dude, you know, if you're if 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 you are completely wiped out from some incredible terrible training exercise you had to do the day before, let it go. It's not a feat of strength. It's not. That's not. No, a, and, that's and, a stupidity. And again, they will exert a hundred two percent of 73% of capacity. And that's all it does is cut into your recovery and just push you down the hole, right? Yeah. Marty, you're echoing Mark Verstegen from Exos who, who said recovery who? is a limiting factor. Who? Mar Mark Verstegen, He's the, the, the chairman of Exos. Didn't he do uh, Stallone's guy and stuff, right? See, I'm so out of it. Yeah. Recovery is a limiting factor. I, I mean, I love listening. In strength, to in strength training. training. I think it's strength. I think cardio is different. Well, we talked uh, in my article this month for JP is about stressors. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, JP, do you have the same recovery issues when you use the cross core JP as you did when you were using barbell dumbbell? The same recovery issues. Does it take? Does it? Let, all right. Let's. Let, all right. Let's say this. Let's say you do. Uh, when you were at the gym, uh, you were doing what? Hammer strength, uh, machine, barbell. Yeah, different machine, free weights. Yeah. Now, uh, and now that you're um, confined to using the cross core, do you find that it takes you as long to recover, or you well, recover I think quicker? Well, at the gym, I was always enticed to go heavier because yeah. the weights were there. Well, yeah. Now that I'm now that I'm you, here, you can you can go heavier and cross score. Just put your feet I, back further. Well, I can, and like I said uh, last week, you know, I'm I'm adding that dipping belt and putting kettlebells yeah. on there and doing uh, split squats and things like that, and and always. Tr so I'm limited. I've been working out at the house since uh, since March, so I'm always trying to come up with things to make lightweights heavier to use your different techniques and tactics like grinding and you know grind speed and, and pausing and, and all this other stuff uh but i told you i mean since i've been doing that i feel so much better because i'm not um just getting ahead of myself with okay i can put i have 
all the plates I want in the gym and I can just keep piling them on and going down to, you know, five, uh, six, six repetitions. I'm kind of forced to um, use what I have now and increase the reps, slow the, the, um, the, the rep speed down and do different things. But um, um, probably, I mean, I did my split squats again today and I did one all out set. That's all I did for quads, and then I turned did it, around. Did it, did it? Did it? I mean, could you? Did you just arbitrarily stop, or could you not do another? I said, you know what? Because I added ten pounds from last week, and I did twelve reps below parallel, just a little bit. I'm getting further and further down, and the and I did grind speed, and by the twelfth one, I was trashed. And I said, you know what? If I do another one, I might get eight. So what's the point? So you might that's get. You it. might. You might get what? might get eight, eight reps instead of 12. What? Right? Because my rep, because yeah. I, I just demolished myself right. on the first set. So yeah, why do I need to Oh, go? oh, on a subsequent set. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, why do a subsequent, why do a subsequent set? That's what he's saying. Why do yeah, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's, that's the thing. If you, if one you to put, failure. if you right. put it all out there on one set, if, if you do subsequent sets, the poundage is going to be slashed so significantly. It's going to be like, what are we doing? What is the point? But you know what? I feel better, uh, skeletally speaking, I think, too. And, and you know, when my joints, talking about my joints and, and bringing that into consideration and all that, because I do the one set to failure, and I feel it in my muscles. I don't feel it in my joints. You know, if I was to do two, three, four sets. Now I'm starting to get sore joints and ligaments and, and all this stuff. I'm kind of taking away from just the, the, the muscular um, benefit of, of the exercise, I think, because I'm hey, Craig, too much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amp on this. Hey, Craig, here's, a, here's an interesting point. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was at his peak, you tracking, you with me? Mm-hmm. He was doing 700 sets a week. Yeah, I know. I've heard you talk about this. It's amazing. <laughs> My God, it's like, why not get a job in a coal mine? At least you get paid, you know? But you know what? At that age, being that no, high no, level no, athlete, no, not no, having no, a job, no, probably. No, 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 no. Getting no, plenty no, of sleep. No, 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 no. no. I think it's no. It's ridiculous. Well, we, ta we talked about that. What if Arnold would have taken this ultra minimalistic type training style? Would he have ended? Would he have looked like he did? Would he have been better? Would he have been worse? Well, we made well, that before. Remember, Marty, I made that point about yeah. he had all the mass already. Yeah. From, from doing the heavy lifting, you know, and he and, did from powerlifting. Cause, and yeah. then what he did was he just basically whittled that down with diet. And it was almost like cardio work. Now, I'm not saying he yeah, exactly. But exactly. he put that size down into, into getting in great shape. In addition, you got to remember, those guys were sort of flying blind. They were the originals. They were. They were pioneers, yeah. Getting huge and all that stuff. So yeah. they didn't really know. It wasn't until, you know, Menser was a studied guy. And Yates had all those people to study when, when he decided on how he was going to do things. But uh, – you know, I think that was Arnold's deal, man. He didn't need all that. He was basically doing cardio three times a, three times a day with, with weights, you know. This is, this is why I really don't care about bodybuilding. Yeah, I love it. I don't know. <laughs>
I like it too. I mean, you know, that's, that's how I started. Uh, uh, I don't train. I don't. I don't train to become Marty, a statue. I don't train to become a statue. What, what yeah, is up with that? Like the competition part, and neither do I. I love the training. You don't train part, to become which, a statue. I mean, really. I mean, really. What we're going to do? Well, like, Marty. like Arnold said, it's like being a sculptor. <laughs> no. You know, you add a little bit to the shoulders. No, you add a little bit. No, 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 no. That does not motivate me one iota. Yates. I'm with you, Marty. I, I just want uh, to be functional. All of those uh, guys train the same. Yet Conan, Jim, Conan Yates, same Jim, thing. Jim, you know what I dream of, Jim? A seven, a seventy, a seventy-year-old football or rugby league. There you go. Let's start. I would, I would crush some seventy-year-olds. I would be the Jim Brown <laughs> of seventy-year-old rugby. I promise you. And it's just like, please, please, someone stop. I am so ready. Now, we want we want functional, we want functional, athletically usable strength and power. We, you know, that's the whole game. Not that. Not that. That's that's that is muscle band. That is exactly what you're talking about, Craig. When you were talking about the 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 messing up the pitchers, that's how you mess up a pitcher. Craig has a question. Go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. So, what's functional to you, Marty? Uh, convertible into movement, uh, usable as you as you move and as you function. You have full range of motion any direction you want to go. You have power any direction you want to go. Um, I don't want to get into my own thing, but uh, many maybe five years ago, I discovered I had lost the ability to sprint. I've been a, a good runner as a as a a kid and a young athlete, a good runner, you know. And so I just assumed I had that ability. We had a situation where a dog got loose and got in a fight with another dog, and I had to run after it to get it. And it was like, I was like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz that hadn't been oiled up, right? Like, eh, 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 eh. And I, you know, I said, what's wrong? You know, I assumed I had it, and it was like, use it or lose it. How old were you? Uh, 60, 65, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, so I just happened, assumed. What I, happened after that? Uh, uh, I, I I I relearned how to run. I I went out to the woods and said because I also I had been doing this nice little jog trot thing. I've been doing my cardio, and in hindsight, it was like sightseeing cardio. Right. I put my music on. I'm listening to Miles Davis. So, I'm running so we around were talking the woods. before Marty. <laughs> we were talking before Marty about the fact that half the world is is sedentary. Right. And that people have a choice. You had you had you had an epiphany five years ago. You had a choice. Yes. Uh, why is it that that people in your in your mind? Why is it that people throw in the towel and don't realize that if there's something they want to do that they can't do, uh, that there's a pathway? Yeah, well, a lot of people don't do that. Also, I think I'm a lifelong athlete who is a. Uh, born alpha you know so how did you lose the ability to sprint like it was it was oh, i didn't use it i i didn't run for i didn't i didn't i didn't run for 20 years <laughs> that's okay. how i lost you didn't it have a need to sprint or a no no i was just I, but every you know uh, four or five days a week when the weather was good i'm out running around the park but i'm doing that 70 to 75 percent at least you didn't say like i shouldn't well, I, no, no. I you just, didn't say I, I, I shouldn't. You said, it, it, let me see if I can get that back. 
Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, I was shocked. I just assumed I had it. And it was like, no, you don't have it, buddy. You don't even have near it. It was interesting. You know how I got it back? You know, I, I, I had good movement running backwards for whatever reason. Forwards, I was stiff, so stiff and so ungainly. But backwards, I still had the snap, you know, the bang, 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 right? So I worked on that and I improved my backwards running and then I got into some forward running. And now it's uh, four or five years down the road and I'm, I feel, uh, you know, I do it. Uh, You're ready for the rugby league. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about maybe reducing my body weight and entering like the, uh, the senior Olympics and they have a 50 yard dash. So, so I have a bigger question, though. I think if I got my body weight down to 185, I'd have a really good power to weight ratio. Marty, let me, let me reel yeah. you in. I have a bigger question that you guys uh. have, have, have triggered. <laughs> we're, we're, talking about, we're talking about you and how you think, and then we're talking about the rest of humanity and, and why it is that people throw in the towel, the effing towel, okay? And... and I think I don't, JP or Jimmy, I don't know who said it. Like you're thinking that MDs and PTs are, 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 are not on the same page. I disagree. I think the MD, the PT, the Cairo are all on the wrong page. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think any of us are on the Marty page. I, I don't think any of us are on the coach page. I think exercise is medicine. Movement is medicine. And everybody else is assuming that as you age, you become fragile. And if it hurts, don't do it. And you're a fool if you try to push through. If it hurts, if it doesn't always about mean. challenge are only for the young. Yeah. Somebody's Craig, got to pain. Somebody's Sorry. Some, Kirk, uh, 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 somebody's got to, you know, I mean, you can't, if, if you don't, if you let it go, it's not going to come back right. past, a certain, past a certain age. Right. And, and you can determine whatever that age is. <clears throat> but Craig's exactly right. Pain does not always mean injury, right? doesn't always mean, hey, sit on the sidelines and don't do that. Thank it you. Means... Not every hurt equals harm. Right. <laughs> no strain, no gain. <laughs> if right. you have a pain, that'll motivate you if it's severe enough or persistent enough to seek a professional, but our professionals, and you said it, your friend in Dubai, he left. Right. The professionals, the people that we trust, they have defaulted. They, they have fallen victim to vested interests. Right. And they're providing low value care, which is care by definition, which has more cost and more risk and less benefit than high value approaches which have more benefit and less cost or less, less risk. And Marty, your whole message is about high value, how to get the mostest from the least leastest via <laughs> no strain, no gain. Appropriately delivered programming when you are in a state of recovery. And, and we always strive, right? Struggle, the, it, it, we embrace the struggle. You embrace it. Yeah. Because if there's no struggle, there's no, there's no cause for anything to happen. You know, but I'm so we, infatuated with the glutes that I never <laughs> trained the quads. And I realized yes. after learning from you yeah. that, that the quads, 
are you need strong quads like i've i've i'm i'm a promoter for 25 30 years of glutes 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 and i still think glutes are important yeah we love glutes i forgot about the quads oh we love glutes right jim that's right <laughs> jim knows we're glute, we're glute fans. training their quads though yeah why i mean that's that uh, the the whole uh basis of what we do and what I learned from my mentors was leg strength was the key to human strength. Think about a you nine know, year old who goes to a nursing home because they can't get up from a toilet unassisted. Yeah. To squat. It's preventable. It's well, we preventable. always said, you know, that we'd have a player come back from the doctor or the PT and they say, well, the doctor said, or the PT said, you know, don't squat. And I'm like, well, what oh. do you do? Drop your keys. Do you wait for somebody to come or do you squat down and get them? Don't oh, well, squat. I can do that. I said, don't well, what about if you have your backpack listen. on? Because they'll be the, like the old. The don't do messages. Don't, don't squat more mm. than 10 pounds. I said, what if you do 11? What if you do 11 pounds? <laughs> Blow out, man, right? What about 12? <laughs> and why, why, why is the same description for the 125 cross <laughs> girl the same as the 300-pound offensive lineman? Both can only lift 10 pounds? What happens? You know, where, where's the miscommunication there? You know, what, what are they reading from? And Joe Weider wrote an article years ago, Marty, called Momisms. Oh, don't do that. Uh, wait a minute. Marty might have wrote it for Joe. What's that? I said Marty might have wrote it for Joe. Maybe, maybe. But it's still, <laughs> you don't do that, you'll get hurt. You know, it's funny because my, uh, my first son was climbing a tree one day. My dad's a sports psychologist. And, you know, I was like, all right, don't, don't go too high. And he said, Jim, a kid will only go as high as he can go if you let him. Just let him. He'll only go as high as he's comfortable to go, and that's I it. I love that. He I won't go that. any higher, and you don't have to tell him not to go too high. He'll but, know. But, but Jim's, Jim's father is an 80-year-old Zen master who has been a, a full professor at University of Maryland for how many years? Uh, he was there for like 45 years, I think. Yeah. It was I was like, oh, yeah, and they will if you watch them. They'll only go as high as, as they're ready to go. Ah, but each trip up, they'll increase that. Right when they're ready, and and when, and if go. and if they're if they're true alphas, there's a, a certain kids have a psychological uh, uh, incentive to physically yeah. daring stuff. And you know, you go to the park and you'll see some crazed kid who's on top of the jungle gym and he'll leap off for no, you know, it's like. Wow, and it's like, yeah, you know, give me that kid to try to turn into a world champion, right? Yeah, that's the guy you want. You want the the X game guy, the guy who's psychologically maybe a little off, right? That you don't make diamonds out of coal from like normal people. Usually, you make the diamonds out of the, the kids that are a little screwed up or off or maybe a little deprived or something that's a little bit different and they have like this unrelenting drive, right? And you just harness that and you just set it up. All right, this week you're going to do this. Great. Craig, I think that the big thing that we've discovered is that the main motivator, regardless of the level, is tangible, measurable results oh. week, week to week and, and what they see. And that's the great thing about progressive resistance training and cardio. It's numbers. So you can show them, hey, you know, last week in the, you know, uh, in the 
goblet squat, you handled a, a 10 pound kettlebell for five reps. This week you did it for six. Incredible, you know? And you go, well, uh, that's a 5% increase. And, and you get them in that kind of thinking. You go, wow, you lost a pound and a half this week, right? And each week builds on the previous week. And after you get five to six weeks into the thing, then they get what we call this, this uh, physiologic synergy. Mm. Because now they have some momentum because, because they're losing weight, they're getting stronger, they're feeling better. We're detoxifying them, we're taking those refined carbs out, right? And they get this momentum, momentum, momentum. And at the end of 10 to 12 weeks, they're like, wow, you know, set us up for more. We're hooked. And you just recast the cycle, cycle and you do it again, right? Change is intoxicating, Marty. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and they have been convinced that they are past changing. And we go, that's not true. That's the vested interest again. Yes. Learn to live with it. I can fix you with PRP or stem cell or joint replacement or endless massage and chiropractic and dry needling. Oh, I don't know about all that. It's just what we do. It's just we make people stronger. We talk to them about good, nutritious, organic, seasonally appropriate produce and proteins. And, and the cardio, you got to have a cardio element in there. Just get outside your damn house and walk around a little bit, you know? That's enough. A, a, a person who's a 250-pound, 5-foot-4-inch woman can generate 95% uh, heart rate just walking around her block for 15 minutes. Right, people. And, people that are out of shape huff, huff and yes, puff pretty easily. Yes, yes. So they fail talk tests pretty quick. So <laughs> easy to get gains for them, right? And then they get the momentum, and then they get the, and then they get to feel better, and then they get stronger, and they're able to get up off the couch. They're able to carry the groceries in up the steps. They're able to finish and say, you know, I walked thirty minutes today. I was like, what? Because they when they started, they could only do six. Right. People need to hear you, Marty. Well, I don't know, Craig. I've been taking this blank people, for people forgot who Delorme is. The message cool. of Delorme um, is is simple. A it's simple. Message. It's simple Simon stuff, right? I mean, this is the salt of the earth. This is just right, Jimmy. Right, <clears throat> Jimmy. Jimmy's my neighborhood guy. He and I grew up in the same neighborhood, so we date back. All right, Craig. <clears throat> And uh, I want to ask you something. Marty just touched on something. I mean, Marty says simple Simon. And really, that's uh, – these guys have been producing, you know, world record holders with the simple Simon approach. And it's, you know, it was taught to, to Marty uh, years ago. And they use it on uh, these tier one guys, and it works so perfectly. But I think uh, in today's world – doesn't it seem like everybody's trying to just overcomplicate mm -hmm. and overconvolute everything and make it so that um, as a patient, you're so reliant on, you know, the doctor or, or the PT or whoever, because you're going like, Oh my God, this is so overwhelming. I could never do this stuff at home on my own and try to, you know, help fix myself and all that. So do you see a trend of everything just getting, convoluted and more complicated or 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 has it kind of reeled back a little bit and is returning back to you know as marty's word gets out and jim's word word gets out about training and results and all that stuff um 
is it kind of coming back? What's the trend on this stuff? I mean, uh, no, I think we're failing. I, I think, <laughs> I think that there, there are clinicians that are exactly. getting Marty's match. Um, but I think that the public is still inundated with the status quo bias of, of yeah. rest is best. Uh, if it hurts, don't do it. You're 50 years old, learn to live with it. If you can't, we'll fix it. And this is, um, this is this is a tragedy. Um, well, it, and it's the trend. They either too. dumb it down by oversimplifying it to the MRI, right. or they overcomplicate it. So a lot of people are overcomplicating things uh, in physical therapy or in chiropractic with these these stories about the body instead of the simple message of no strain, no gain. We're going to slow cook this. It's about results. Let's reverse engineer. What are your goals? Let's see where you're at. Let's see what your baselines are. And, and we and, 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 and you are to where you, and, you want to be. And Craig, and we, and we tell, the, tell them we love you. But, but the exercise, I mean, you guys. Wait, 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 at, wait, Chippy. I mean, that's important. You tell them you love them. You support them. It's about you, them. You, yes, you know their story. Yeah. You know you what's going them. on with them. And, and to, the, to the point that was just brought up, which is so profound, a, we have to, to listen intimately so that we can see the road forward, know their story, their goals, their concerns, their fears. And B, we need to make sense for them. We have to connect the dots so that, that it's clear to them. It's simple. If, if they can't explain why, why our plan is what it is, then we didn't do a good job. If it's too complicated, then we messed up. So it should yeah. be simple that, yeah, I, I'm not prepared. I've become overprotective and I've gotten out of shape and no wonder my knee hurts and I'm feeling my joint because I have no muscles. And, and right. now if I, if I gradually build up the muscles, it'll be safe and then I'll have support and I'll have stability and I'll develop strength and I can reboot this again. I can reset this again. So I want to give people right. tangible hope and an achievable plan. And, I and do to get it, that done, to, to I achieve... I do it one way, by giving them a positive experience with movement. Right. And to achieve those results, you don't have to be... Like, you know, one of the things is uh, all these crazy exercises that you see people yeah. doing, especially if you look at Instagram or whatever. People are going crazy, doing squats on resistance balls with barbells on the shoulders and all this crap, this dangerous crap, turning uh, dip assist machines into... into uh, Smith machines and <laughs> using them upside down and all this crap, um, which I'm sure half of that is just for, uh, you know, trying to get follows and, and likes and things like that. But it really boils down to the, the, uh, the training program itself being simple and the exercises being, you know, the three main exercises, the squat, the deadlift, and the, uh, the bench press, I mean, you don't have to go do a bunch of crazy stuff that's trending on Instagram right now to get better results. What better results can you get than a barbell or a kettlebell, you know, or dumbbells? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it, it's all a lot more basic than we, than we yes. really tend to think, right? Well, in the modern era, Delorme brought this back into science and of course, we can go back to the Greeks and before about the value of, of, of gradual preparation. 
That's all Marty's talking about is gradual preparation. Yet we're sedentary. <laughs> Move too little <laughs> and, and we've deconditioned. We're like astronauts. We all have, have done a virtual experiment of, of deconditioning as if we've gone into space. And we've done it right here with gravity because we're just plopped in one position. Right. Jim, are you still with us or did you, uh, are you at home? <laughs> He's looking for ducks. Leave him alone. Be, be quiet. He's oh my God, scare the ducks away. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, Craig, uh, you're great. You're, we love you. You know that. And we have so many common areas of, of interest. Uh, we'd love to get you back on again at some point in the not too distant future. Well, I mean, I feel, I feel like there are a lot of, I feel like there are a lot of things that we haven't touched on. Well, yeah, we could go 10 hours with this thing, you know, this is a, but cultural, I didn't bring my lunch. So I can't fiasco we're in right now. I'm sorry. We're in a cultural fiasco. This, 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 uh, we've taken the homo sapien and turned him into homo sedentarius. Well, there's, um, antidotes. There's what? Antidotes. Cures. They're cures for our maladies. And, you know, it's not that difficult, really. I mean, well, I mean, it is, it is, but it isn't. But intense training, uh, coupled with, uh, you know, sensible nutrition, intense training is the greatest stress reliever known to man. Boy, it is, isn't it? Yeah, and it, uh, the greatest natural stress reliever known to man. I mean, yeah. shoot, some, shoot some heroin, I'm sure that would you know, be a stress reliever too. But again, that hormonal tsunami that only occurs when you hit limit equaling or limit exceeding capacity. That's, you know, the endorphins, the serotonin, the adrenaline on the way in. All that, that, and, and also, uh, Craig, we we're really tuned into this idea that in, there's a there's a post workout glow that accompanies a, a really intense hardcore weight training session, and it really is akin to a higher form of formal meditation. The athlete, after a super intense workout, they achieve this sort of mindless bliss state that uh, Zen adepts work out, you know, they work out, you know, eight to 10 hours a day to achieve the same state that, uh, now athletes don't recognize it as such, but, but it really is. And, and in that post-workout glow state, it's like all stresses are dissolved, you know, and it, it's like putting your brain through a car wash. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and all the problems that you're worried about seem to go away. And you yeah, there's a whole new outlook on that. Yeah. Day. You come out on the other side and you go, all right, yep. all right, let's go. Let's get it. Right, let's get it. But it's got to be of sufficient intensity. It's got to be sufficiently intense. Otherwise you, otherwise, you have that dual split screen thing going where you're, where you're kind of riding the exercise bike, but you're really thinking about yeah. – Stuff. And you, if you have to take it to that point where the conscious mind is shut down, it has to be where body and mind have to unite to deal with this severity, this task, right? Yeah. That, that's, when all, that's when all the good stuff happens. That's when this, like, I'm going, bam!
boom, you know, the horn, everything happens. And then after the effort, you're like, you're, you're, you're mindless, you're wordless, but you're electric. You're like got spidey senses, right? You're just sitting there and you're just like, wow, you know, and we experience it, but we've never recognized it. And, uh, I, you know, I've been a, I've been a formal meditator since 1971. So, and I've worked with some very, very high level people in that world in a variety of arts. And this is in fact, and has been verified to me by Sri Chinmoy Ghost, the Hindu master, that this is, yeah, no, that's in fact, that's a, that's a highly sophisticated meditational state that you guys are accessing kind of through a, like a back door. Yeah. Right. So then to me, it becomes like, all right, well, you know, all right, we're doing this. Well, how do we extend it? <laughs> right. Because most alpha males are never in a better yeah. place. Yeah. They're never in a better, more mellow yeah. centered place than coming out of that workout. It's like, Hey everybody, I love you. <laughs> but the glow fades, right? So it's like, all right, what do we do to extend the glow, right? Yeah, you got to go to the next thing, the next thing, and the next thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's what keeps us coming back for more. That's right. that's what addicts us is that uh, the post-workout glow state. It's an addiction. Yeah, a good, true. a healthy addiction. Yeah, just true. To people to to get to that state at one time, and they're like, "Oh, okay. so yeah. so that's mm. why we try to reassure people and reactivate them and give them a positive experience with movement to give them mm. tangible hope." And at the end of the day, the most positive experience I can give somebody with movement is to find the hardest thing that they do well. It's mm. got to be hard. Yeah. Mm. That 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 change helps them to change their conceptual model. That'll change what their, uh, that'll violate their expectation about hurt equaling harm uh -huh. or that they have to avoid. If, if we find the hardest thing they do well and we audit, which I know Ryan talked about with you guys, if we reassess and show progress, which you're talking about, Marty, then they're like, huh, but I thought, huh, I thought I had a disc and I couldn't, uh, I thought I had a knee and I couldn't, <laughs> yes, I, yes. Well, what just happened here? Yes. And they think it's sleight of hand. And then, then to what you guys are asking me, like, like have we overcomplicated it? Yes, this is simple. If you, if you, if you safely, incrementally yes, work yes, on your weaknesses, safely. your body will become less fragile. Yeah. And, and we can show you, I think, our, I think our most important message is we can show people, no matter how feeble or how in the hole they are to start with, how to work up to capacity safely. Uh, we have um, some suspension training tools that actually allow uh, overweight people to reduce their body weight payload. So in other words, if, if a person weighs 200 pounds and is incapable of squatting down uh, all the way uh, because they're not strong enough to come back up, we have like a suspension tool that they lean back into this thing and it reduces their body weight to like 130. So now they're able to go down and come back up and they go, I haven't been able to do that in 20 years. And we go, that's right. Now keep doing that. Now over time we have them exert less and less and less tension till eventually they're able to squat down without the suspension device at all. That's when we start them with the kettlebell squat, right? 
not until then. I love so, this periodization. Yeah, it's, it, but, but also we have a periodization that's below the lightest dumbbell and the yeah. lightest barbell. We can make heavy people lighter and, and give them back that buoyancy, that range of motion that they lost when they were, whatever, 13 years old. And all of a sudden in one year, they went from 105 to 160, you know, and, and they became fat girls, you know, and, and, and we can give them back to them. I love too. that. You're, you're making it very simple and logical. And it has and, and, to make sense. You have to be able to make sense of why you're doing what you're doing. And too many people, uh, the story's not a constructive one. It's too, too trendy and hypey and too complex. This and, is not rocket. And, 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 and we can get these out of shape people who've given up on fitness to experience the same hormonal tsunami that we experience, right? And, and they get, and they will give, we will give them that after yeah. workout glow state that will you keep them coming back. To do it. It's what they have at that point. It, their, their threshold is so low. It's so yeah. easy and they feel yeah. so good when they're done. They go, wow, I feel, and it's like, yeah, well, I guess so because you have about six different hormones <laughs> coursing through your bloodstream right now. Yeah, you do feel good. Yeah. Wow. Marty, you're amazing. Uh, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel I've learned a lot just listening to you today. Well, let's do it again. Um, you know, we, we want to come into your world too. You know, we think we can help people. We have a lot of, sometimes, sometimes we feel like we've invented a cure for some disease, but nobody even wants to acknowledge us. <laughs> no, there's, there's the uh, head in the sand syndrome. Like the fundamentalist versus the scientist. And, and, and let me tell you, if somebody shows me a better way to do what we're doing tomorrow, and I am all over it. You know, in jazz, they had a saying, you know, uh, we'll steal good licks from anybody. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and it's just like, yeah, please. We, we want to improve. We want to up our game. Every day we look, we look, we look. Well, you know, what can we do better? What can we do different? What can we nudge here? What can we tweak there? Right? We're all over this. I get, I get bored if I, if I, uh, if I'm stagnant. Do the same thing over and over and expect different results, right? I like that jazz metaphor. That's a good, that's a good note for us, I think, to, to end this. To end on. All right, let me, give you, let me give you one more quick one. This is by Rick, Rick Danker. <laughs> that was Rick, such a perfect ending, Marty. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So Rick Danker, the band one time, he said- We'll he steal said, good notes from anybody. I love yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. If, it's, if the lick is good enough, we are stealing it. And, and Miles stole from Dizzy. Dizzy stole from Louie. Yes, exactly. Ranford right. stole from my, from Freddie. Freddie stole from Miles. I mean, the, these guys on the shoulders of giants, right? Oh, Why we yeah. would be any other way makes no sense. Why we would get stuck in silos. Uh, repeat repeat a mistake. It's, it's, right. it's, it's a dissonance. Right. Here, here's my last musical analogy. Repeat a mistake three times in a row and it becomes an innovation. Yeah. Is that Hendrix? <laughs> yes, Jimmy, that's the hundred. Yeah, repeat it, repeat a mistake three times in a row with authority and it becomes an innovation. <laughs> with authority. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Yeah. All right, you guys want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's do that, buddy. So Craig, uh LA Sports and Spine. Now you guys are out there, you're in Los Angeles, right? Bingo. 
So, well, you doing everything virtual now? Mostly. Uh, we, put a, we put a, a lot of money into the clinic, closed it for a while. Yeah. Uh, t- got a bunch of air purifiers that make it as clean as a clean room in Silicon Valley and social distanced everything, no touch points. Yeah. And I hired a young PT. So uh, I'm telehealth and online coaching and I do home outdoor gym visits, but um, I have staff that's seeing people socially distanced also back at the office. Okay. And if people want to get more info about uh, what you guys are doing, they should go to uh, lasportsandspine.com. They can go to lasportsandspine.com. They can also email me. Uh, What what is the, um, what's your other, oh God, I'm having a a brain. Social media? Yeah. Were you and Ryan or the... Yeah, well, my my teaching is first principles of movement. Yes, first principles of movement. Yeah, that that's well, an excellent. You know, we try to demystify and demystify and debunk and and break things down into the most essential things until we can't break them down anymore, like Aristotle taught. Um, and that's first principles of movement. It's it's not about being a slave of methods. The method should serve the goals. And nice. We teach principles, yeah, and right. we don't tell people to use kettlebells versus barbells or to do this, this system versus that system, uh, all systems and methods should serve us and, and we should be agile. But if you don't have principles, uh, now you're, you're, you're a victim of fads. Thank you, buddy. Awesome. <clears throat> Appreciate well, you coming on. Buddy. Thank you. Yeah, I want, Craig, I want to ask you just real quick. You got anything coming up you want to talk about? Uh, We've got uh, probably we'll we'll offer a course again in New York City and maybe in 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 Miami uh, okay. before the end of the year if it's safe to do so. Yeah. Otherwise, we're gonna take our uh, past courses and we're gonna uh, uh, release them online for people that we can't be with. We'll rele- we're gonna release all of the latest notes. Uh, and I finished a, a COVID uh, Sunday morning uh, webinar series. We met for 10 weekends, two hours, uh, two hours plus every weekend. I had guests from all over the world um, and uh, that's all freely available. It's called the High Value Prehab Rehab Series and it's at the First Principles of Movement website. Beautiful. No charge. All right, very good. Really good stuff. Well, check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. If you need any gym equipment. Now, I heard, Craig, I heard you on a previous podcast. You were looking for kettlebells and racks and uh, plates. So check out ironcompany.com if you need any of that stuff. We'll uh, take good care of you, of course. Um, And then finally, we've got new Jim Steele articles. He just sent us one. It's a real good one. We're going to put that up at the... uh, uh, midpoint of the month. What's so, it on? Uh, what's it, what's it on, Jimmy? Stressors, different stress. When you're deciding on somebody's training program, you can't just look at what they've done in the weight room. You have to look at everything involved in their life. Uh, right. Let's take, like what we like, were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And what's what's depleting them? What's giving them energy? What's taking it away? You know, you got a gas tank, and we want to keep that gas tank as full as possible. Right. And each stressor takes a little bit more of that gas. We want to. Yeah, you Stacy says you gotta mention that Insta- what is my Instagram, Jimmy? Marty, what is it? Uh, the, the real Marty Gallagher.com Marty at, Gallagher. Uh, or the Marty Gallagher. Yeah. Instagram. Put, a, 
If I don't mention it, she's going to beat me again. And Craig's is Craig Liebenson, at Craig Liebenson, right, for your Instagram? Uh, Instagram? I don't, I don't know. Liebenson, <laughs> Craig Liebenson. And then it's, uh, for Twitter, it's C. Liebenson. So you yeah. Yeah, C. Liebenson. Probably the Twitter. Craig, are you getting to D.C. anytime in the near future? Uh, you know, we're just not traveling a lot right now. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. On, on Tuesday, though. Pardon? I'm going to the Grand Tetons on Tuesday. Oh, nice. good for you. Nice. Good for yeah. you, buddy. I can't wait. <laughs> send, us, send, send me some pictures. I will. My daughter is coming out from D.C. So D.C. Oh, is coming to the Tetons, and my son and my wife and I are going to meet, meet her there. And if you get, ever get to D.C. to visit her, let me know, because I'm, I'm 67 miles from D.C. You know that I'm, I'm always there. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I, I would have been there once or twice since <laughs> I last saw you. All right. Really. All right. Don't worry. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Craig. All right, guys. Thanks a lot, Craig. It's been an honor. Thank you guys. You got it. Thanks. Bye. Bye.